This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Great to have all you folks here today, and thank you for joining us. And, and we really have, a, I think, a really great service ahead in and, and talking about some things about joy. It, it's interesting, right? Like with, with the life of faith, people struggle. I mean, we just, we, we confuse, I think, faith with certainty, and, and that's not it. And this is a time of year where maybe your faith can be rekindled. And I love this definition from the new church of what faith is. Can I share it with you? Many of you have heard this a hundred times. This is a hundred one because I love it. Faith is the eye of love. That's beautiful. Faith is the eye of love. Maybe today we can come out with a little more faith that way. I think, as this Facebook note says, you know, a lot of people struggle with it. The people who are leaving here, this was a friend, I was talking to him about people who are leaving church. The people who are leaving are hurt, lost, wanting something to believe in that matters. And that's kind of the era we live in, where there are people who feel very hurt and very lost, and, and there's a craving to find something that has meaning. And maybe, and this is a whole other series I started working on that's going to be way down the road, but, but that idea of like, maybe we'll reach a point where we, we get disenchanted with being disenchanted. And we start to maybe discover the magic of life again. And that's what I'm going to be talking about a lot today, like, like the magic. It's interesting, as, as uh, you know, in the world of church, people on occasion, not all that often, actually, want to have a, a big theological debate. You know, they'll want to argue about something theologically. And so sometimes I'll get approached with that. And I need to be honest. Take a guess how interested I am in big theological debates. Zero. Because what I find is people don't come to that asking questions they do something known as tell the question. In other words, they've got a perspective and they, they want to fill me in, which is, which is fine and beautiful in and of itself. But the idea of, of magic is a little different. I know we have people here today who are struggling with different things. And it's not that there is exactly like some highly rational answer that kind of, you know, where I could like, give you 10 steps or 10 things, and, and all of a sudden, all your problems go. That's not it. Church is much more about the heart. It's much more about recapturing the magic, the pieces of magic out there in the world. I mean, they're all over the place. You know, it just takes a little while for us to get to notice them. Like, I'm backstage and getting some text messages rolling in. One of them is from a, from a, from a, from a very dear parishioner who's watching online, and he said, Chuck, I got 39 first cousins, glad for all of them. Another one says in person, Chuck, all my cousins are crazy. And then my daughter texts me another message like, Dad, this is what you're getting me for Christmas with a link. Those are all sort of pieces of magic. And maybe this is a time of year where we can just take a breath and just work at trying to see it a little more. Just trying to see it a little more. I mean, literally, like over the past couple days, I've just been trying to go into social situations, go into different things, and just just try to think, okay, what's the magic here? What's the magic here? Can I see it? Can I allow it to settle into my heart? That's kind of our question here 
for today. In today's story, we're going to look at a story from the Bible that's a story about preparation, about how we, how we can start to get ready for the holiday season. And it's a beautiful story here about these two women, about Mary and Elizabeth. Now, it's a beautiful story in the Bible, and there's part of it, again, as I've mentioned here before, that one of the joys of, of preaching the Christmas story is that you come back to this story every year, and every year it's the same story, but it's just a little different. It's just a little different. And, and these differences are just beautiful, and the story continues to grow and grow and grow. Now, this is a story about Mary and Elizabeth. For those who aren't familiar with those names in the Bible, Mary was, was the mother of Jesus. Uh, this is a time when Mary is carrying the baby Jesus in her womb. Uh, she's not a married woman at this time, so she's, she goes to stay at her cousin's house, and she's your favorite cousin, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is also pregnant with John the Baptist at that time, a man who will become John the Baptist. And this is where we pick up the story. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah and Elizabeth's home. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, all right, heard Elizabeth's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she proclaimed, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is this child you will bear. There's, there's an incredible beauty of that. And then it goes on. And listen to this. It sort of fills it in. It sort of fills it in a little more. But why am I so favored, Elizabeth asked, that the mother of my Lord, in other words, the mother of Jesus, should come to me? And this is the key part. Here's this question, right? This question's put out there. But why am I so favored? Like, why are you coming to me? This is such a blessing. And and you think about all the answers that could come at that moment. Mary could have said this. Mary could have said that. Mary could have said another thing. Could have filled her in. Could have given her the ten, ten reasons why. That wasn't the answer. The answer was this. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. The answer, folks, the answer was the joy. The answer was the joy. Now, that idea of the answer being joy, I think that's, I think it's just really important, right? Because, because we, we think we have these questions around life, these questions around everything. And oftentimes, those aren't answered. I have not had a lot of moments where God just sort of showed up and answered all my questions, including the winning lottery ticket. Just hasn't happened. But folks, does he give you little tastes of joy? Yes or no? Absolutely. He gives us little tastes of joy that we get a chance, that we get a chance to see over and over again. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you this next picture here. That is, that is really, I could not do this picture terribly well, so my apologies. These families that we adopted, one of the families requested a mirror. Requested a mirror. I want us just to sit for a minute, right? Let's just sit for a minute. We could see that just as a mirror. Just a mirror. Somebody asking just for a mirror. Or we can do this, so follow along with me. We can all take a big breath. Or we could try to take a step back underneath it and think, what's the magic there? 
I mean, yes, there's magic that one of you gave someone a mirror. There is, there is magic there. But there might be other magic, too. And I'm going to come around with the microphone here. And if you'd like, I'd like you to just volunteer and, and raise your hand and think, yeah, maybe the person who got this mirror, dot, dot, dot. Fill that in. And let's just really quickly build a little bit of magic around something as simple as a mirror. So if you'd like to answer the question, please just raise your hand. If we got like three answers, that's great. And I'll be around with the microphone to get some answers. All right? So please raise your hand. All right. You already got it. That's why you all need an Angela right there. All right. Who would like to share? Maybe the person that was getting that didn't realize how much she was loved. Yeah. Maybe they didn't realize how much they were loved. Beautiful. Thank you. What's another one? All right, just hold on a second as we turn around over there. And by the way, for online audience, you're welcome to text it in to me. I think one day they will look in that mirror and they will actually see themselves for who they really are <sighs> as a child of God. Maybe we'll just have that moment and just like, oh. how do we get better than those two? I don't know. Who's ever going third is a brave soul. Anybody want a third one there? Maybe the mirror will reflect the love in that house. The love of that house. And the love of that house. You know, do we know whether any of those things are necessarily true or not? No. But it doesn't matter. Give everyone a round of applause, folks, for answering this. It's, it's the point of that, that maybe they can finally see themselves. Maybe they can finally start to see the magic. See, we can live life in an enchanted way where we get to see those things all the time. As a band comes out for the middle song, just, just think about what meaning that has. Folks, the answer to the question was this leap for joy. This little thing on the inside going like, oh, there it was. There's something incredibly powerful with that. Stunning, actually, when you look at it. I did this same exercise. You know, I'm very privileged to work with the, with the Bernath folks at the Bernath and College. And the folks at the Bernath and College, you know, one of the, one of the young men said, and it's very similar to one of the answers here, said this, very simple, said, maybe this will be the first time they actually see themselves. Think about that. Maybe it's the first time they actually see themselves. Maybe this, as we get ready for this next song. Maybe that's true both for those who receive the gift and for those who've learned how to lovingly Give the gift. Just beautiful. You know, that idea of, of Oneight Divine and, and, and the way in the way that you know, even in the darkness, there, there can be this, this incredible birth, this incredible thing that, that that comes alive in our life. And that a lot of the time we know it by these little small movements of joy. By these little Small movements of joy.
I think it's so easy in our culture to get caught up in the overwhelming experience. Like, it's got to be this huge, 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 huge. And I think maybe we can ask, like, God, why didn't I have the huge experiences? And he'll be like, because I gave you these little ones that were just precious and tender and beautiful and filled with great meaning. Those times where that baby leaps in our womb, that time where we just feel that little stirring. Now, I like to think, again, I, I try to read the Bible. It's, it's, I think you got a choice with reading the Bible. You can read it with a frown or with a smile. Which one of those two is better, folks? Smile. You know, and I, I think we can look at the Bible, we can read it really with a smile around, around language like this, and a smile around what John grew up to become. John the Baptist. Again, this, this little piece of joy that leapt. You know, what happened when he did get to be older, when he, when he got to grow? So I want to expand on that a little bit. It, it's interesting that, again, many of you know this, you know four Gospels, each with a slightly different account of the life of Jesus. Again, I say this a lot, but it's important to keep on repeating. That's because there, there are different ways to view God, but they're all coming to the same point. Like the narratives, the themes are all the same. The stories are all a little bit different. But all of them share his story. It tells you he's pretty important. And all of them share as well him quoting a beautiful, beautiful selection that was thousands of years old. A beautiful part from another part of the Bible called Isaiah, another book of the Bible. Again, they didn't have the Bible back then. It's an ancient piece of Jewish scripture called Isaiah. And I want you to hear it. And, and it, it, was, it, was, it was fun. Like, I mean, a little bit of magic for me was, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, we had a Marine, a wonderful friend, Grant, get in touch with me. He sent me a picture of him listening to New Church Live on a Tuesday morning on his exercise bike. He said, great service. And I said, you're going to do the reading for the next one. So this is Grant doing our reading from the week from his home in Alabama. So take a listen. Hello, New Church Live. This is Grant Heinrichs in Huntsville, Alabama. And today's reading is a quote from John the Baptist declaring the coming of Jesus Christ, saying, A voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The rough ground shall be level. The rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Merry Christmas to you all. Thank you. I like how he got home sweet home in there. Isn't that good? So, so let's, let's look at this Isaiah 40, and let's, let's look at it kind of from this perspective of of how it's really there to give you hope. I need to be honest, like John the Baptist for me, and again, for some of you that may be the first time you've heard of him, I sort of always read him as a little bit of a scold, as a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a rough around the edges person. But the more I look at it, the more I realize that may not be the full story. The full story may be filled with a lot more joy than what I kind of understood. And that, a lot of that goes back to Isaiah 40, like, what is this thing that was thousands of years old that was so important that all four gospel writers said, look, we have to make sure to include this. 
This is so much part of getting ready for God's birth in our lives, for getting a feeling of that little thing starting to move. So we're going to run through this twice. Here we go. We're going to get started here with Isaiah 40. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised, every mountain and hill will be made low. The rough ground shall be level, and the rugged places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That's one quick reading through. And it's interesting, it's so easy to focus on that that piece, like the voice of one crying in the wilderness, that that there's kind of this, this, which to me sort of feels a little, little bit negative. And granted, we do all live in wilderness times, but there's a promise within this. Yes, we have times. Wilderness times. Times where we're literally crying in that wilderness. Does that sound a little familiar? You know, times where we have that. Times where we understand that. But Isaiah actually gives this this incredible beauty in it as well. It's incredible beauty about how God moves. Let's take a look at that, a different one. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. All right, so that's our job. Now look at this. Every valley shall be raised. Every mountain and hill will be made low. The rough ground shall be level. The rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is actually a beautiful story. A beautiful, beautiful story. That's much more about like, hey, life is going to have these challenging times. And yet, God is constantly working to bring the mountains down, to bring the valleys up. It's that simple. And that that's so much of the way we start to prepare, the way we start to, to allow God into our life. Trying to see more and more about what exactly God is doing. Take a look at this next slide. It's about this idea of comfort. This idea of comfort. Listen to the way, listen to the way Isaiah 40 starts. I always started it with like, Behold the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Like, I've been around church all my life. That was kind of where it started. But listen to these beautiful lines from the beginning of Isaiah 40. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. And proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed. John knew those words. John knew those words. I want to read them to you one more time. I mean, just imagine him reading these. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed. That idea of deep Comfort, that these words are to comfort us, and, and that's so much the part of preparation, and these are the words, and then, and then there's also supposed to be like this, this little hint of joy that starts to arise in our hearts as well that's so important, and we start to see the world as magic again. 
where we reimagine the world again, but this time it's not a disenchanted world. It's completely enchanted, which I think is a much more accurate way to see it. See, again, I I do really believe that, that we do focus with this. The people who are leaving are hurt, lost, wanting something to believe in what matters. I think that's true, and I think, I think the way we help those people, and again, some of you are in this place, the way to help there is, is not this big cognitive list, it's, it's to re-enchant the world, to, to get people to understand magic yet again, and to feel it into heart, and to allow them to move. Can I share a story with you about that? You know, it's just, it's a beautiful story. And it's where John goes on a little bit later. I'm actually going to step over, I'll step over here, step over onto this carpet here to talk about it. And I think it, it is a little bit of that joy. We can read it one of two ways. A little bit later on in the book, as I step over to here, he goes through a conversation. John goes through a conversation where he starts warning people later on in life. Like he's out baptizing. That's why he's called John the Baptist. And he's baptizing people. He said, look, you need to get baptized because, you know, like, like, Times are going to get tough, and you want to get squared away, essentially. And it's not that, that you know, baptism is salvific, per se. It's, it's, it's about this commitment. You know, you got to get committed, you got to get squared away, you got to get squared away. And I love this part of the Bible, because I think we can read it with a smile. And then somebody very smartly says, well, well, how can we actually do this? Like, yeah, you know, how do, what does it look like to actually repent? What does it look like to actually change our lives? Which is the whole point of Christmas is about like, how do we allow this tender, vulnerable love to be alive and at work in our lives? Like, how do we allow it to be at work? How do we repent in new ways? And I think he says this next part with a smile, with a big smile. He says, if you have two tunics, give one away. Incredible beauty in that, folks. Incredible tender care right there. See, we can read that with a smile and understand that that's what the call is. That's what the magic, I'm going to step back over here. That's what the magic is all about, where we can allow that back into our hearts again and again and start to see things in a very different way. Here's a couple of pieces from New Church Theology that I want to share with you. Working towards a world where our activities weave together into the image of God. Not an image of ourselves as individuals. That idea that we can, that we can allow this joy as we allow it to come up for us, as we allow the world to become magic, that we can start to weave our activities together. And then this idea of being devoted to caring. Trust that God's vulnerable love is alive and at work in our lives and in their lives. Celebrate that love with joy when we sense it. And the last line there, devote ourselves to caring. Devote ourselves to caring. This morning, I got a beautiful email from Scarlett Lewis. And I think it's pieces there, again, where we can start to see the world magically, like where we can start to see the world, what the world is and what the world can become, and how do we welcome Christmas into this. Now, Scarlett, for those of you who don't know, Scarlett lost her son 
uh, in the Newtown shootings. Yesterday was the seventh anniversary of those of those shootings, and she's actually spoken here twice. And was she good or what? I mean, she was she was just she was just amazing. And I texted her yesterday just to say, you know, we're thinking about you, and you really made a difference in our congregation. And she was talking about choosing love. It's a choice. This is from Scarlett. We must keep putting it in front of people, and then it's up to them to decide. That idea of choosing love. We must keep putting it in front of people, and then it's up to them to decide. And I realize you folks can't see this, but, but you know, just she texted me a little painting of her son, and right beside it, she's got a little, little sticker there that says, it's all good. It's all good. As we look in this story, it is so hard, so many days, dealing with just the regular challenges of life. Challenges with relationship and health and, and, and different things. And, you know, we hear about them all the time as a congregation and we hold, we hold them all very tenderly. And yet I think there's always this deep call to really looking to the magic. It's so easy to get caught up in the momentum of this season, a momentum that can reach some time a fever pitch. Is that true for many of us in here? (laughs) You know, it can reach a fever pitch. And it's so easy to think, like, well, I know how I'll find God. I'll just push harder at that. You know, at the momentum of the season. In other words, I'll just go in and I'll really get to the Christmas. I'm going to work hard to find the Christmas spirit this year. I think stories like this, to me, are always reminders that maybe a huge part of it is actually slowing down. Actually, just pulling back. Actually, maybe, maybe, just letting the answer to the question be that little stirring of joy in our hearts. Not some great, grand, overwhelming answer. But just as the Bible goes back, that that still small voice that we see with people like Scarlett who says, look, it's all good. Not perfect, but it's all good. So my final wish for you as we go into this week right before Christmas, please, my dear friends, make it a magical Christmas. And don't look for the magic in the big and the grand. Look for the magic that's right in front of you. That's right there. Because guess what? It is. (laughs) I promise you that. Now, as we close today's service, I'm going to close with a prayer. And then you folks will be offered the opportunity to come on up. 
write down on a prayer card of some wish or some dream you have for this Christmas season. Maybe it's just a prayer to see the magic. Maybe it's an observation of where you have seen the magic or where you are seeing the magic right now. And then you can put it right in here, and then you're more than welcome to join us on the last Christmas hymn. So please join me in prayer. So Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. And Lord, help us as best we can to see the magic that is right in front of us. To live this holiday season a little more enchanted, a little more open, maybe even a little more willing. Help us, Lord, you know, to move through the darkness in our lives, the challenges in our lives, the, the inevitable obstacles to redevote ourselves to caring, to redevote ourselves to understanding that the answer is how we weave together, not how we stand apart. And help us again and again to find the magic. Bless this congregation, Lord. Special prayers for all those who are struggling over loss this holiday season. And special prayers for all those gathered here today. They just find this a week filled with enchantment. In your name this Sunday we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.